I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, greeting you from Manila. And since we're taping on a special lunar holiday, let me just say Happy Chinese New Year. We're belated by the time you listen this to, to everyone. And may your year be filled with the energy of the tiger. Hi, Dina. Hi, hi. Hello, everyone. Hello, Amina. So, listeners who are not familiar with She Talks Peace, I'm Dina Zaman, the co-host of She Talks Peace from Iman Research Malaysia. Welcome. Konki Fak Choi to everyone. Amina, what's happening in Manila? Well, it's Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. And normally, the night before, there would be a lot of fireworks in Manila. Uh-huh. But surprisingly, yeah. none this year. So who knows? Maybe tonight there will be a little bit. I think it's yeah. really because the president of country, uh, Rodrigo Duterte, had actually banned fireworks, any kind of fireworks, when he was oh. mayor of Davao City. And when he became president, I- he also sought to to ban it. And I guess people are scared of, of the reputation of our president. So yeah. they have uh, decided to curtail their human rights of <laughs> having fireworks during yeah. Chinese New Year, regular New Year, or any okay. other holiday. What about in Malaysia, Dina? I just got off the train, actually. I was in Penang for work. I think everyone, in a nutshell, before we go to our interview, I think everyone's pretty nervous. They're just wondering what's going to happen to Malaysia. I don't know, uh, Amina, if you know that, that Johor is going to have its another by-elections. Mm. Uh, a lot of things have happened in the last uh, past few days. People are a bit edgy. Nobody knows. People keep asking, who's the next prime minister? Will this current government last? I have no answers for that, you know. So um, I think maybe next week when we talk and we record, I may have some, you know, some theories. But not this time. We're all just waiting to see what will happen. Yeah. What's your wish, Dina, in the next uh, election cycle? What's your special wish for for your Malaysian politics and the Malaysian mm-hmm. government? I think, you know, I mean, we started She Talks Speaks last year, right? Yeah. And I think the constant <laughs> narrative that I keep saying is we want good governance. And it still is yes. that, you know, we want good governance, we want a dynamic government, yeah? Yes. And we don't want how things that were done before to be done now and in the future. That's old school. I think mm-hmm. for Malaysia to be able to not compete, but to actually advance itself, develop itself even more in a new world where we have pandemics, etc., we have got to change our ways. So is that the same in the Philippines? Yeah. But uh, well, there's this interesting thing that maybe we can we can talk about later because sometimes yeah. uh-huh. because people are so sick and tired of violent extremism or armed conflict, yeah. then they like 
strong men, right? Uh, they, huh? they start veering towards an authoritarian uh, right. leader. And yeah. sometimes you would hear people say that, you know, I am, you can afford to, you will accept some curtailment of human rights yeah. if it secures the peace, if uh, it ensures that you can have a job. So it's like human rights becomes like third priority or something yeah. like that. And I've noticed that previous administrations in Malaysia, it was also sort of like that, right, Dina? Yeah, oh, well, even so now, a lot of people are saying human rights is a very secular liberal concept. It's not agreeable with Malaysian values. You know, I think maybe the best person to talk about this would be our guest today. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, Mina? Yeah. So I'll talk today, uh, who's going to share her perspectives and her work as a human rights defender and peace builder, will be Yuyun Wayuningrum. So Ms. Yuyun took a PhD on global governance, law and social justice wow. at the International Institute of Social Studies in The Hague, Erasmus University of Rotterdam, with an MA in human rights from uh, Mahido University, Thailand. She's also got a diploma in library science, University of Indonesia. She represents the Indonesian government of the gov at the governing board of the ASEAN Intergovernment Governmental Commission on Human Rights, AICHR, in recognition of a 20-plus year career as a human rights advocate and activist. The AICHR is designed to be an integral part of ASEAN's organizational structure and overarching institution with overall responsibility for the promotion and protection of human rights in ASEAN. So I'll just, okay, I'll just read briefly, right, of the work that she's done. Because, wow, this is a real Rolls Royce of uh, TV, yeah? She was a team leader of the EU ASEAN Human Rights Dialogue, a human rights facility. She was also senior advisor to the ASEAN Parliamentarian for Human Rights. Wow. She was a policy advisor on ASEAN the Oxfam International, and she was a station in Jakarta. She was also a program manager for human rights in Southeast and East Asia, including ASEAN. She was also there in the capacity for Forum Asia, Bangkok, Thailand. Amina, perhaps let's get her on board because I mean, her CV is wonderful, but I'd like to hear what she has to say, you know? So over to you, Amina. Yeah. Well, welcome, Yu Yu, and welcome to She Talks Peace. You're looking very good. Too bad our listeners can't can see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Congratulations with this podcast. I've, I've been listening one, one or two, and I'm impressed with the conversation. It has been very fruitful, very substantive, very engaging. It's addressed a number of contemporary issues. I, I really enjoy listening to uh, the podcast. Thank you, Yu Yun. But I've been reading about you. <laughs> and I read on Koran, the newspaper, the Jakarta paper, about your re-election as the Indonesian representative for ICHER. So this is your second term. And the writer, the news reporter, will be continuity. These are his words. Continuity in Indonesia's effort so far to encourage the implementation of ICHER's mandate, in addition to the implementation of ICHER's programs that reflect Indonesia's leadership and interests in the field of human rights. So I wanted to ask a personal question. Your undergraduate degree was in library science. What made you focus your career on human rights defense and promotion, which is a very, very <laughs> difficult area, Yuyun? Well, it was about, uh, it, it was really the choice of the context in my life. In that time, my father uh, passed away and my mother faced with many options. Mm. Uh, and there are three children in the family that need to be to go to school, um, my my older brother already in, in college and myself just about to enter the university and my younger brother uh, still in high school. Then my mother told me, let's uh, do something that 
very quick in education and got the job immediately. Beautiful uh, anyway. daughter. <laughs> so I shortlisted number of options and see that. And then my mother also said, Can you please choose the state university because it's cheaper? And, yes. Um, uh, I don't have enough money to pay all the tuition of three of you. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that is why uh, I choose something that very easy. Uh, well, not easy in 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 the sense of substance, but rather quick. Uh, mm. Get out from from university, having big college degree, and then seek for a job. And then my job. Well, I started with. Uh, working in the a private company, hmm. it, it was a television national broadcast. It was a okay. private one, not the national one, not the state uh, television. And 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 I had to face with the fact that we had a financial crisis. So the company offered uh, staff to uh, voluntarily uh, let off. With certain number of pension um, honorarium mm-hmm. support, and then I I said to my 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 mother I, I want to try another another uh, opportunity, and my mother was worried because it was very difficult time uh, financial crisis. That's right. Yeah, I'm I made a decision already, and and then I applied for an NGO work, and then that how I start uh, dealing with uh, human rights issues. Started mm. with the, the children issues, then uh-huh. it took me to women issues, trafficking issue, labor issues, and so many things. So I found uh, this is the world that I'm I'm feeling comfortable uh-huh. uh, because maybe this is an experience that's different from other people. But I found working in NGO really give me a lot of satisfaction intellectually, socially, okay. and. Uh, personally professionally so i stay in the job my parent my 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 father is actually military person so uh, i i military and then you went into human rights oh my goodness so my i i live in a military compound uh, in that time during the financial crisis all uh, the compound was gated Mm. was uh, a military person either they are army or or navy they become a target of a uh, lot of anger from mm. the street so it was gated and uh, i own uh, so it's it's fair in the screening to in and out the compound was very very uh, uh, strict uh, strict in that time yeah but but anyway uh working in ngo gives me a lot of opportunities to engage intellectually with the topic And I come to know with the issues beyond my my environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing uh, and I know the refugees in that time. There was a uh, uh, refugees from Aceh, from Aceh and Kalimantan. Most of them are Japanese. They mm. were uh, pushed out from from Aceh as well as from Kalimantan because because the ethnic tension was very uh, high uh, during this time, the, the reform time. And then I got to understand the sexual violence against children. I I I, I did not it, it it exists, and the uh, gender violence uh, and so many issues. And and then I I took MA on human rights because ah, I think this is the area I I feel that I'm I'm at home, and I continue uh-huh. uh, until now. And we're very, very glad that that yeah. you did because the work that you've been doing over the past years has been really remarkable. But Dina, I don't know, I don't know about you. When when I chose my degree in college, it was similar situation like you, Yunus. I, okay. I'm a dutiful daughter also, and I wanted to go into media. I wanted to be a journalist like you, Dina. But uh-huh. my mother said journalists don't make much money. Uh, the, the salary, the salary doesn't cover expenses. You stick yeah. to economics, okay. and being a very dutiful daughter, I stuck to economics. And but look where we are. We are now in media. We're in the journalism. We're focusing on uh, uncovering certain truths, even if they're not. Uh, Very acceptable. How about you, Dina? Yeah. Were you a dutiful daughter too? You know, 
okay, I was I was quite naughty, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, you were naughty, aha. Uh-huh. I had a degree in communication, right? And I had my style, you know, because I was very impressed with what I saw on the news, the work by the Peace Corps, the United Nations. My father decided, because my dad was a civil servant, no, 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 you're going to go corporate. <gasps> when I think about it, Yuyun, Amina, the grief, <laughs> I, I I'm amazed we're still talking to each other, you know. So um, I was in corporate, to be honest. I was actually doing public relations for IPOs. Don't ask me to do it ever again, you know. <laughs> but I understand communication somewhat. And then only I decided in 25 to join communications and do a lot of work for, you know, volunteering, you know, at little NGOs, smaller NGOs. Just like you and I realized that, you know what, this is a lot more fulfilling. Yeah, the corporate money was good, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, how do I manage my finances? <laughs> but yes, you know, Yuyun, this is a fantastic name. I mean, there's, there are many, many listeners, right, who listen into this podcast and a lot of them young people. Do you think you could continue, one, on your career trajectory to see how did you move from library sciences, you, did, you know, you're in the private sector, and that because they want to know how to become a humanitarian, how to do work, you know, on human rights and past standards, one. And two, if you can elaborate on the work that you're doing now for AICHR. Well, I think I'm now, I, well, I saw... Uh, and and engage with number of parents who now open up more on possibilities for their children. Uh, uh, also, number of options that children, uh, well, young people can now have. Unlike my time, but but there are possibilities that many people also face the same the same situation. But I think in the case of either men or women, young men and young women, when you have money. And you you become financial financially independent, then you can make a decision by your by your own, and that's very important. And that make your parents less worry because now you you can go with what, what whatever you do. But uh, but I hope uh, more and more uh, people have a better situation. So in Anchor, I've been uh, working on. So when I was in Forum Asia. I was a program manager uh, mm-hmm. for the um, uh, uh, Southeast Asia and East Asia uh, uh, program. And in that time, ASEAN was uh, discussing uh, the content of ASEAN Charter. Mm. Which, uh, um, countries, uh, some countries in that time pushed for the inclusion of human rights. So they managed to include human rights as the purpose of ASEAN, as the aspiration of ASEAN. And then they wanted to have another particular article uh, to establish a human rights uh, body because human rights has been discussed since 1993 after the uh, Vienna, Vienna Conference of Human Rights, the World Conference of Human Rights in Vienna. So when I come to Forum Asia, I suddenly become the uh, not only the program manager, but also the campaign uh, manager of SAPA, uh, Solidarity for Asian People Advocacy. And we agreed uh, among ourselves uh, that human rights should be included uh, in in ASEAN. And there is an an entry point right now. Uh, The blueprint already mentioned about human rights in the Mm -hmm. community. And then now they wanted to include that into uh, like constitution of of ASEAN and 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 the members of Forum Asia believe that this is uh, a golden opportunity to uh, include human rights in. Even though I sense there there was a less confident that human rights will be like what we think about human yes, rights. Yes. Yes. Uh, but this is an opportunity to start the the ball rolling. Even yeah. though, it, and it was not the first discussion. It it has been discussed from time to time. And I saw that Forum Asia has a different approach from other network, like the working group. The working group really engaged the officials, uh, but we know. But in the time, in the time, Sapa realized that less people know about human rights in ASEAN and what has been discussed, and so on and so forth. So this is the area in which Sapa and Forum Asia took uh, by engaging people in Southeast Asia, informing them about 
what is happening at the regional level and and how they can contribute if they want because i also experience when i talk to ngos in indonesia for instance uh, that we wanted to have a focus group discussion no single organization or representative from the organization appear in that meeting we already uh, um, a room in the, in the hotel very small but no one come to the meeting so we just meet among ourselves uh, with HRWG based in Jakarta because because HRWG was the host I was in Bangkok in Forum Asia so we we talk among ourselves and discuss what possibilities that we can do with very little a number of people but but now more and more people know about this and and uh, even they become very critical they feel very engaging in in the process yeah so that's i think it evolved a lot of a lot of uh, processes and passion i think the reason why people well there are a lot of reasons why people do not participate because lack of information they, they, don't, they don't know about what is actually happening and then it's not a priority and then uh, uh asean does not sound to be promising to address yeah. them asean yeah. has been very famous of being deaf not listening to the people and not having uh, old voice network exactly so yeah. it's very uh it's it's very stat centric uh, institution uh even though asean gradually uh, declare itself as people centered people oriented but still asean doesn't know what to do and also people doesn't know what to do too how hmm. to realize this people oriented people centered ideas from civil society got oh, very uh, firewall and uh, so there are a number of uh, gaps in between gaps of knowledge know how uh, and uh, willingness to listen the voices of the people spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a pilates class or outdoor guided walk peloton has everything you need to help you get going Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. So it's really great that you are in in Aichur. But let me just uh, pick your brain about uh, something you said that ASEAN isn't really moving fast enough, right? But when ASEAN was organized, It was really an old uh, boys club, old boys club. And the most important thing was security of state. But ASEAN has grown so much over the last uh, few decades, right? I mean, it's uh, you and I and Dina, we want them to move faster. But that's not going to happen because ASEAN moves by consensus, right? But Yu Yun, I wanted to ask you this because Myanmar, is a very important issue. And five years ago, ASEAN won't, wouldn't have said anything about Myanmar. But I was again reading in the, the papers about you know, all the mischief that you've been doing. And, uh, and, and before, I remember that the regional summit, I think it was hosted by uh, your government. And ASEAN made this decision that they were not going to invite the most senior uh, leader of Myanmar, uh, Senior General Min Ong Lang. And people considered that to be the strongest action ever taken by by uh, by ASEAN. And you were uh, you were quoted uh, giving a statement uh, about that. Tell us what you think about. ASEAN's move not to include the the Myanmar head of state and tell us what's happening in in Myanmar now and what Aichur is doing. 
Yeah, uh, banning the uh, political leader or, or not political leader, uh, banning the the cool leader yeah. to attend yeah. the summit is something never done before. Yeah, so this is something unprecedented. Uh, and it was a very uh, a difficult decision, but uh, I think ASEAN already make make uh, its own mind. But let me go back to uh, uh, because today is also the anniversary of the coup. The yeah. coup happened today on the first of February, right. very early in the morning. Uh, and um, today afternoon, also ASEAN pair come up with a statement which mm-hmm. I found very rare that mm-hmm. ASEAN come up with very that uh, very quickly. Uh, so I sought uh, the information about, wow, this is uh, something very, this is, how, how come this can happen? So number of member states already feeling uncomfortable with, with the coup because the coup happened is something not out of the blue. We, all, we, we continue to hear Right. Uh, uh, rumors uh, since uh, uh, December that there 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 will be there, there will be a coup, there will be a coup and so on and so forth. But when it happened, of course, it shocked everyone. And then uh, I think Indonesian government pushed uh, the chair to come to respond and to come up with a chairman statement. Chairman statement uh, is a document that uh, you of course you need a consensus by all ten countries, but. The chair has certain uh, leverage to issue uh, the statement. The content require views from members as well uh, consensus from members. So last year on the second February, we supposed to have a first meeting of ITER. Uh-huh. We couldn't because no one representing Myanmar, yeah. and if it is not ten members, so we cannot start the meeting. So we waited until the third and. And uh, on the 4th February, uh, we started the meeting. In that time, I already feeling uncomfortable of having this school uh, if I just did not do anything. So I uh, talked to representative of um, Malaysia and uh, representative of Thailand to issue to introduce uh, possible uh, measures such as at least come up with a statement. Right. So in that time, we, we, we agreed that if not all 10 countries agree to this statement, let's do, uh, let's do it. Uh, uh, we just have uh, uh, some of them. On the 4th of February, no, on the, second of Febu- uh, on the 3rd of February, uh, the chair uh, continued to call us to the screen, attend to the screen, but still um, a representative of Myanmar cannot uh, appear. So mm-hmm. we waited, waited, waited until 12 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, chair said, the chair Brunei said, is there anything that you want to talk about uh, uh, while while waiting for Myanmar? And then uh, uh, um, representative from Malaysia said, Yuyun, why don't you uh, talk about about our our uh, our discussion? And then it is unfair to talk about the country while the country is not a, is not appear in the meeting because it sounds like we talk behind their back. You're so, ganging up on Myanmar. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I don't think that that's good. So then uh, we closed the meeting and then I tabled the, dis- uh, the possibility of responding to the coup situation on email. Because in email, you can put everyone. Mm-hmm. So Myanmar participated. And then we, dis- uh, of course, Myanmar disagree that I come up with a statement. So only four countries uh, sign up for the statement, Indonesia, Malaysia, Ireland, and Singapore. And so, so that's the first statement, and we we release it after the chairman statement. And in and I think ASEAN also has member states in ASEAN realize that they have very uh, they have limitation like non-interference principle, consensus. So it took time for them to come together. Uh, Minister Ratno organized uh, shuttle diplomacy to talk uh, right. uh, among the members uh, personally. And identify areas disagreement or or agreement among themselves. And in March they come up with a meeting, uh, but uh, Myanmar was very uh, difficult to engage in that time. So the the text, I think the the chairman statement in that time was very very uh, uh, obvious that Myanmar doesn't want to engage. Uh, it's a ASEAN call for Myanmar to 
engage in humanitarian assistance. So when when you, when ASEAN that call for it means the member state uh, actually uh, rejected the idea of uh, talking about situation in the country. And then uh, leaders uh, call for uh, ASEAN uh, leader summit. In ASEAN Charter, the word summit has very specific definition. Yes. In ASEAN Charter, summit, ASEAN summit means the meeting among the ASEAN head of state. Yeah, the heads of state. Uh, head of governments. Mm-hmm. For ASEAN, Ming Ong Le is not head of the state. Mm-hmm. He's not head of government. Right. He is head of the coup. Yeah. So that is why ASEAN cannot use the word summit. Even though media use the word summit, because sometimes for general people, they cannot differentiate uh, whether summit or meeting mm-hmm. or whatever, right. assembly. So um, uh, ASEAN use ASEAN leaders meeting to prevent the understanding from Ming only that they are that he is uh, accepted as head of the state or head of the government. And then if you see the announcement, the meeting will be attended by the leader uh, by the president, Sultan and so it is so it is uh, so they make a differentiation between head of the state and head of a coup in the invitation uh, and as well as in the chairman statement. So I was very I was surprised when ASEAN can come up with five point consensus. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think it was very uh it's just again unprecedented. And back home uh, Ming Ongle make a adopted as no, he make a similarity of another document uh agreed in uh Rakhmado, which called five step roadmap. So for me only, five point consensus is five step roadmap, which is totally different. What inside uh, the these two document, but that's how we only convey the uh, information to to their peers. And ASEAN did not say anything because I uh, this is only my my thinking because ASEAN only stick on what they have agreed on the uh, an ASEAN leaders meeting rather than. Uh, responding to uh, beyond uh, ASEAN situation. Yeah, but then, uh, but but the important thing, Yuyun, is that ASEAN is developing a backbone. Yes, because um, if you look at the leaders, I mean, you know, we have to we have to admit it. Several of the member states of ASEAN really are pretty authoritarian yeah. in uh, in system. And it's going to be very, very difficult to get them to agree on any kind of a statement or any kind of a change that would strengthen human rights. But still, in spite of uh, all of this, in spite of the slow movement of ASEAN, oh my goodness, we are developing a a strong backbone. Right, Dina? I mean, yeah. you've been monitoring all of this, Dina, through Iman, and you've seen it, right? I, you know, on that note, I, I have a question to ask you, you know, and I mean, we've, we've talked about it very briefly, right? You know, in Malaysia, let's just talk about Malaysia. We have many certain interest groups who you can consider as far-right extremists, right? You're not going to and mention the, the names of the group, Dina? No, I knew that was PhD. Okay. But I will tell you, you on email. Uh, all right. Uh, no, the thing is this. They all speak the language of human rights. We right. know that they've gone to Geneva to talk about how the human rights that we all are proposing and propagating, propagating are very anti-Islam, anti-Malaysia. And that we do believe in human rights, but it has to be, you know, the Malaysian way. I also noticed that in Indonesia, and please, please correct me if I am wrong, the fact that there are many, I don't like to use the word conservative, because, you know, you can be conservative, but you have a good heart. So let's just say Indonesia's version of, you know, there's uh, interest groups are also clamoring, and they're using the same sort of narrative that human rights, that's been propagated in ASEAN or around the world, it's not it's not good for Indonesia, especially for Indonesia Muslim. Mm. So what is uh, AICHR, ICHR, yeah, what a, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
do you know this? Do you realize this? And what are you all planning to do about this? About the conservatism on religion? Yeah, and the ones yeah. who use the language of human rights to attack the kind of work that you all do. Oh, that's right, Yu Yun, because you yourself said that the promotion, and I quote, this is what Yu Yun said, the promotion of religious tolerance, respect for diversity, and mutual understanding should be of utmost importance in the ASEAN. That's that's what Yu Yun said. Well, because ASEAN is the intergovernmental body, so its role is to come up with the norms, with the standards, with the norms. Uh, we expect that member state will come up with some legal framework, mm-hmm. uh, changing of attitude. And this is important because a government needs to be clear about what is right and what is not right. Things that taking the human rights to justify some of the things, uh, some of the wrongdoing should be uh, taken as uh, not correct. So I, I think the demarcation needs to be to be there first and despite the fact that we all have a differences we always go back to the uh, documents that ASEAN has agreed in terms of religion for instance I've been uh, because ICHER Indonesia uh, took the initiative on freedom of religion belief uh, in 2019 we organized an activity which uh, proved to be very difficult uh, for many members to accept the what does it mean by freedom of religion and belief? But but we continue doing it because it is very important. It is, uh, uh, I call it as an ingredient of successful of ASEAN community. If we want to put people-oriented, people-centered community, ASEAN, uh, so we need to respect the differences of people, uh, belief, and, and background. And apparently, ASEAN Charter mentioned about respect of different religions and since that word is located in in charter that's the highest uh, document that we can always refer to and it become a, fr- a strong legal basis on what what we should do in that sense uh, so there are a number of level I, I, I see there different level of of uh, uh, narrative that we need to uh, be able to uh, bring into ASEAN in terms of uh, religion uh, first is norms standards uh, uh, should be adopted by members agreed uh, with consensus among member states and then the narrative of uh, rather engaging people uh, on on how uh, we can respect uh, and respect differences uh, should be there as well i think indonesia has mahdatul ulama it's very helpful in my opinion, it has been very helpful to to support the narrative of of human rights and Islam. We have also Muhammadiyah. So the voices in Indonesia rather balanced. We we continue to hear some conservatism from the uh, some groups because now it's not only one group, uh, but more groups. But we also continue to hear. Um, moderate voices such as from Nahdlatul Ulama and Muhammadiyah, and that's very helpful. And now more and more uh, Habibs, uh, uh, those who uh, been having this kind of title, becoming the the relative of uh, Prophet Muhammad, yeah. also speak up on uh, this is yeah. this is what Islam wants from you, and there is no tension between. Islam and democracy or Islam right. with human rights. And this kind of narrative is very important coming from them, yes, coming yes. from the Habib, because some people listen to Habib more than the traditional ulama. And and to add to that, we have female ulamas, uh, Kupi, with that's so many right. women. Yeah. So yes. that's adding to the voices. And, yeah. and now people have options, whether they want to listen to different different voices so I think the most important thing here is to uh, narrow the space for radicalism or uh, conservatism. Well, I don't see conservatism as bad, huh? but uh, something that uh, the fo- the narrative that against human rights or uh, using Islam to justify 
the vi- uh, violation. So that's right. I, I yeah. think what we need to do is to limit their space, limit their movement, so people will have more options, or at least balance it by having yeah. other points of view, like the point of view of Kupi. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I was going to ask you, you know, I I, I met Ong San Suu Kyi a couple of times in, in conferences, and uh This was years ago, and we were so excited about the change that uh, she was making or going to make at the time in Myanmar. And then she became the head of state. And then we were so disappointed because she didn't do anything about the Rohingya and uh, the situation of women. There wasn't that much activity there. But still, she was... uh, pro-democracy, still generally pro-human rights. And now we feel really horrible about uh, what's happening and so powerless that there's nothing you can do to help. So tell us uh, what, what's happening in, in Myanmar. Uh, Yuyun, are you optimistic that ASEAN and uh, the Indonesian government, the Malaysian government can do something to push the, uh, the leaders there? to go back on the right track? I monitor the situation uh, daily uh, on Myanmar because uh, we are not in the country now, so we depend mm-hmm. on the analysis from outsiders right. or for people inside Myanmar. At least at the moment, in general, we have two parties uh, that opposite to each other, Tatmadaw and the rest. Mm-hmm. And the rest has a lot of layers, a lot of mm-hmm. dimension. Ethnic group has have uh, ethnic armed groups, and we have people. Uh, we have we have also NUG, the National Unity Government. Uh, we have CRPH who established NUG. CRPH is the committee representative of Bidong Sukhutlo, like a parliament, uh, uh, the committee of the parliament. And then now we have NUCC, the National Unity Community Council. Uh, who uh, become the highest policy making decision in this uh, structure, and they come. They just finish uh, the congress with the people and identify a number of areas they agreed on. From outside, uh, we saw uh, Tatmadaw becoming uh, stronger and stronger, and having number of of, of plan like five step uh, roadmap. That these are the plan and. It seems like they are doing their their plan. Uh, like for instance, one of the requirement of envoy the ASEAN the special envoy to the ASEAN chair to come to uh, the country in Myanmar is to meet with the with uh, NLD headed by Aung San Suu Kyi, but it was rejected, and the the request has been uh, proposed uh, two or three times. And then uh, we wonder why is it very important? Uh, the reason was because no uh, foreign authority or foreign government want, uh, wanted to uh, be allowed to meet with those who have been accused of uh, committing a crime. But it is not true. Uh, mm-hmm. In many countries, uh, different leaders from different countries can, can meet with, with people with this kind of status. But scholars mentioned that this is a this is a truth card of the Tatmado, uh, which can be used anytime, mm-hmm. and not now because Tatmado thought that it is not the time. So it can be used uh, uh, several times. The most important thing is to make Onsan Suji alive. Mm. So it is it is very crucial because it is uh, it is a card that will be played later. But if you look, I just read an article that uh, apparently Tatmadaw have been becoming less and less uh, strong. In this Tatmadaw structure, less people with military, uh, high-ranked military person uh, sit in different positions. So according to him, uh, the writer, Tatmadaw has changed and ha- has weakened itself 
because um, uh, uh, Ming Ongle as a person like and dislike certain uh, officials. So they, he put, uh, he, so the Takmado has under restructured uh, process and in many ways. While the article mentioned about that this Takmado becoming uh, weaker and weaker. But at the same time, uh, we did not see the, the other side becoming more solid yeah. or, or uh, reconciled. Many, uh, if you think that ethnic, uh, ethnic armed groups are on the other side, that's also wrong because some, some ethnic group also uh, part of SEC, State Authorit- Authoritative Council, uh, run by that model. So among, among this group, hardly found something that can make them stick together. Uh, well, the the the, res, the the result of NUCC Congress uh, has uh, said differently. So at least they agree that SEC is the terrorist group. They they agree that the coup is illegal and so many things. Yeah. But so many issues have been still not there. Yeah. And the idea of dialogue that ASEAN want to facilitate was not necessarily the menu of the day. Okay. Right. And that's uh, becoming more difficult um, uh, to go about this process. Yeah. Especially but since I, they're, they're divided, Yuyun. And, yes. um, and it, that, that's why there are several um, political analysts who are really saying that Myanmar is headed down the road to civil war. And if that happens, it's going to be... You know, the impact of that on their neighbors, their ASEAN neighbors, uh, that's scary. That's really yeah. a scary thought. Now they have PDF, People Defense Force. It's like a paramilitary in my mm. my mm-hmm. understanding because they are not military person, but they are, they are civilians trained as um, military. But they require budget as well for, for to train them, to give them food every day. Because once they uh, register as uh, a part of PDF, then uh, the authority uh, uh, has to be responsible mm. for, for mm-hmm. their life. And if you look at situation now, it's very difficult to be optimistic, but I continue to be optimistic because it happened uh, in the past and it is going to be happen now. And the context uh, very different. The people of Myanmar has been uh, well informed, uh, know how to use social media, know uh, how to uh, demand, and very articulative in and uh, in uh, saying what what they want. Unlike before, I think before in the eighties, nineties, the level of fear is was very high. But yeah. now they they continue to have a fear. But they know that they can do so many things. And this is empowering for us to listen, to, to know. And for people outside of, the, outside of the country, is we need to support them. We need to yeah. continue to yeah. share solidarity. I post uh, uh, banging fans every day as a, an expression of solidarity. And some people approach me saying, uh, your picture every day is like a vitamin for me. To continue my to continue uh, life in very difficult situation, yeah, and yeah. well, I did not think about that. I just want to express my support and showing support in my position as a representative of Indonesia to ITER means a lot to a lot of people because there you know there is a leverage of position, authority, and then knowing that I'm on their side that would means uh, a lot for some people. Yeah. Here's a, here's a thought, uh, Yuyun Dina. Uh, if, uh, you're still continuing your, your lobby via banging of pots and pans, then, uh, maybe Dina, we can call on all of those who are listening to bang their pots and, and pans, uh, take a short video, do a TikTok and post it on, on YouTube. And, uh, you That's know, attention, yeah. attention, Yuyun. Yeah, actually, you know, I think a lot of us peace builders, we haven't really used social media. Not much, much. yeah. Yeah. Because you're also busy, you know. 
Um, but we really should explore that. Or at least hire someone to do that because that is the way to reach the younger generation. I know a lot of people our age who also go to TikTok to get tips on health. So maybe that's something we have to explore. We cannot be left behind. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's that I think you can you can make a, a call, Dina. Mm-hmm. And uh have young people or anybody who's listening uh, from the Middle right. East, from Mozambique, to bang their, their pots and pans and just send it to YouTube or, or Facebook, yeah. create a page or something for Myanmar. Well, you know, Amina, and you and I hate to break up the party, but we've got a few more minutes. So <laughs> yeah, perhaps, you could, could you just tell us, I mean, it's a new year. We've had a new year now. It's Chinese New Year. What can we look forward to? What can uh, ICHA help us, you know, be positive about? What's in the future? So since it is a Chinese New Year, so I would like to bring up the a Chinese expression of crisis. It has been understood as challenges and opportunities. Mm. And in my position now, I prefer to look at crisis and as, a, as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, to check our, our values, our uh, principles, whether it, and, and our practice, whether it, it works and, and not work. This is something that I also would like to uh, explain earlier in relation to like uh, non-interference principle. Right. I think with the five-point consensus, with the banning of the members attending the ASEAN meeting, this is the the way I see it. This is a crisis, but but the crisis offer us a lot of opportunities to revisit what we believe as a community. ASEAN has uh, get away from or working within their limitation as mm-hmm. non principle to come up with something that they can agree on and then they followed up uh, the implementation of it. The fact that five-point consensus was not implemented by Tatmadaw, for instance, and many people continue to suggest to change the five-point consensus to modify this and modify that. But again, the ASEAN did not want to change it because if we follow Tatmadaw rather than Tatmadaw follow ASEAN, that is not that is not how it works. So ASEAN revisit its uh, practices so far, and ASEAN also look at how they uh, can move forward with the crisis here. Uh, in ICER, we have now uh, because of this crisis now in 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 Myanmar, we have specific agenda in our meeting uh, to talk about human rights situation. Imagine in the last uh, twelve years. ICER was not able to discuss about human rights situation of other countries because we have been accused of breaching the non-interference principle. But now we can do it. Uh, but there are three elements need to be there. First, the agreement among member states, whether in ASEAN or in ICER, we need to have all members that agree that we yeah. are going to do this. Consensus. Yes, modalities. It means that there is no surprises. We we do what we have agreed. And third, we need to have a space. Mm-hmm. And that's in, in ASEAN happened through this process, five-point consensus, banning. So this is the area in which they they work within their limitation. In ICER, we also work within our limitation. When we talk about human rights situation in Myanmar, in our meeting, no one accused me of breaching the non-interference principle. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I think this is the way we see uh, uh, a crisis as an opportunity to improve our work. And this is also the way we see the crisis in terms of a public health crisis because we might not be able to do this if physical meeting. <laughs> There's so many uh, different uh, psychological situation when for instance, if, if I want to boycott the meeting, I cannot do that because physical meeting. But in there's no meeting. Yes, because we were in the same hotel. If right. I said uh, I just want, I walk out, and then I will meet with this same person during lunch during dinner. Right. <laughs> but 
in 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 uh, having meeting during uh, COVID-19, uh, we do it everything online. There are a lot of limitation that what we can or cannot mm-hmm. do. But mm-hmm. this work, but that is also how we see how we transform crisis into opportunities. So now I'm not uh, complaining about uh, the, the uh, pandemic anymore because apparently there are a number of things that we can do, especially addressing uh, the situation in the region. And now ASEAN deals with competing claim. And that's happened because of this situation. Uh, before we have similar situation, the cri- political crisis in Myanmar, but this is the situation that we did not face before and we face now. It is our opportunity to respond by checking our practices, what works, what doesn't work. And we need to be open up ourselves on embracing the new practice. Yeah, let's like hope. Banning, banning yeah. members, that is not a practice. Yeah. Talking about competing claims between NUG and SEC, that is not something that we have as in, in ASEM, but we have to talk about it. And these happen because of the crisis. And yeah. I think crisis pushed us to evolve and to, to, to grow uh, as, as a community, as a yeah. regional organization, as, as part of the uh, actors in the region. Mm. And uh, I, I remember um, one of the, I guess, dictators said, never waste a good crisis. So here in ASEAN, you have the pandemic crisis, you have the, um, the crisis developing in Myanmar. And it's, it's really good to, to know that the ASEAN leaders and the ASEAN secretariat are using this to uh, take a look at how we do things in, in ASEAN so that there can be an improvement, especially as we look at how do we protect our citizens, how do we protect their, their human rights. Wow, Dina, this has been a very heavy, uh, heavy yeah. discussion indeed. And imagine we wouldn't have had this discussion if you, Yun, had stuck to library science. Yeah, yeah. No? <laughs> so maybe we should, let's let's ask let's ask you, Yun, to give a a message of encouragement to all of those who are who are listening to uh, to us. What can you say to, especially to the young people, the women? For listening, uh, but what they can do to help protect and promote human rights. My experience of working in human rights is we always see beyond ourselves. We serve the bigger, bigger purpose, uh, which is humanity, which is dignity. So that's really um, helpful in giving me direction in life. So actually, uh, regardless what what you are working on now when you know that you uh, any small contribution in life or work uh, contribute to bigger uh, purpose that would give you uh, some kind of you know satisfaction in in life i remember uh, not so this is something that i always use the, the, the this chinese term on on crisis but also another uh, thing that i come across which is very true. Uh, it said, if we continue to look at limitation, we always find problems. But if we can see opportunities in every single situation, then we always can see possibilities. And that's something that we need in the region. Ability to see possibilities. To serve a bigger purpose. That's really, really uplifting. I think the work that we do is very intense. So that's nice. See the possibilities. We we'll always look at the challenges. So let's look at the possibilities. Yeah, Amina? Absolutely. Behind every dark cloud is a silver lining. Okay. Right. Thank so you. Thank you so much, Yuyun, for, for joining us. Um, especially since it is a holiday. I mean, the Chinese uh, lunar new year thank you also to all of those who are listening to us especially those who are listening to us from hong kong we do have listeners from from china you yun oh, so to 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 all of you who are listening to us uh, kung hei fat choy 
happy Chinese New Year. And uh, I do hope, Dina and Yuyun, that they tune in and listen to us uh, again on She Talks Peace. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Yuyun. Hopefully, we'll all see each other in real life instead of Zoom. (laughs) Knock on wood. Let's have satay in Malaysia or in Jakarta. All right. Bye. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.